Welcome to our Agile Tales. This is an inaugural event featuring a tale of two Agile worlds. We'll have more events in the future, so stay tuned. So what are we talking about today? Resistance to Agile can come from anywhere, from the boardroom to worker bees, depending on the situation. In today's episode, we'll focus on resistance coming from senior management. I'm now going to pass the baton to Munwe. So take it away, Munwe. Thank you, JF. Hi, my name is Munwe. You can also call me MW. I've been on this agile journey for more than 20 years. Though my home base is in Silicon Valley, California, I worked in organizations all over the world, started in engineering and ended with my last corporate title, the chief of staff, when I started messing around in HR, finance and facilities. My goal is simple. I go after anything or any group that hinders the team working effectively together to produce a product that delights the customers. You can find more information on my website. Now regarding resistance to agile, I have three examples that I have encountered from executive management. First one, I was hired as a head of program management to roll out agile. When I tried to set up cross-functional teams for better delivery, my boss, the chief product officer, told me that my job was to make sure her organization, product management, looked good. When something went wrong, as long as her group dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, they would confidently point fingers at others. Now, when I continued to help those cross-functional teams, she was outraged. She told me that I was supposed to help her group and not engineering, and she explicitly forbade me to talk to engineering, and later on extended to anyone outside of her group, including her own boss, executive vice president. That was an outright resistance. The second example seems to be total opposite. The CEO was very enthusiastic in the beginning when I told him what an agile organization meant. He liked what I told him. He wholeheartedly dived in to learn and participate. He marveled at how teams actually collaborated and worked together. He encouraged the CTO and the chief marketing officer to participate. He went to the team room in some evenings and leave comments for the team when he saw that he could answer some of their questions on the post-it notes. One evening, he even grabbed the CFO to the team room to see this amazing team board. Now afterwards, the CFO came to me and jokingly asked if he should add a line item in the budget for post-it notes. While the team are getting used to Agile, I trained the management on how they needed to change. It went well, the teams were happy, they were delivering, they were collaborating for the first time in company history until it hit a point where there was something in the CEO's management style that he didn't want change. He secretly held a few executive staff meetings and concluded that I had too much power and that they, the executive staff, should get the power back. He then told the teams they should continue with what they were doing, but this agile thing was not for management. He never went back to the team room again. My third example is a tricky one. He was the head of product development and he never outright said no. He thought agile is a development thing, nothing to do with him. So it would help if it would help the development, sure. He even gave budget for the teams to be trained and new infrastructure like the continuous integration service to be put in place. However, his way of management never changed. He still wanted to get his information a certain way. He still managed by fear. He loved to say a little competition does the team good or the team should be scared that they would be fired if they don't do a good job. His thinking was, as long as things are done quickly in an expensive way, then it's fine. It doesn't matter how things are actually done. So it can be done by an army of zombies churning out sausages for all he cares. This is not an outright no, but a passive aggressive type of resistance. Hey, JF, 
Have you experienced any resistance from senior management before? Yes, I have. I've seen various kinds of resistance over the years. So I'm going to highlight two examples. But before I do that, let me introduce myself. Hi, I'm JF. It's short for John Francis. I've been working in Silicon Valley, California for the past 30 years now. My agile journey started in 1998 when as an engineer, I decided to try things I read about on NetNews and apply it to my team. The results surprised me and I've been doing agile since then, constantly growing and learning. My first example of resistance is what I call, oh, that won't work here syndrome. I was working in an enterprise company in a division that was made up of a newly acquired 15 year old startup. The startup wasn't doing anything agile except for one team. There were five other teams and they were doing really bad versions of Waterfall. The sole agile team was people who had agile in their previous jobs and they decided to bring it in. They wanted the rest of the other teams to try it out. However, the rest of the folks didn't want to. Our VP even said, that's not how we do things here. That's not how we work. It'll never work here with what we do. Trust us on this one. My second example of resistance is what I call reluctant resistance. This was at a medium startup. The startup was very agile. We were delivering and getting things done and the product teams were empowered to a point though. It wasn't smooth sailing all the time. On certain things, we got pushback from execs that was definitely anti-agile. For example, they told us to deliver features that our product managers were saying, this doesn't make sense. Our users will not use this. This is a special use case for only one or two customers, not our target customers. It doesn't fit our strategy. Execs said they understood the reasons anyway, but we had to do it. Why did we have to do it? Well, it was mandated by the board and VCs. So resistance was coming from outside influences, hence the reluctance. Our execs said to us, this is what the board wants, and they didn't give us any explanations why. As a result of trying to please the board, execs started playing resource Tetris, moving people around so that certain projects could be done as well as other projects on the roadmap. There was no way we could build sustained teams. So that's my story. So how did people react to the resistance that they experienced? Well, let's see. For my chief product officer example, the people in the company see this executive as highly political and only cares about herself. That she looks good and she doesn't mind throwing mud at other groups achieve it. So some people in her group cringed and wanted to get away from her. I was one of them. The rest of the company also cringed and people were in CYA mode, which means cover you behind. Yet some people in her group liked her style and thought she's a good example for success. Since she has a checklist for everything to ensure her group was blameless, it's easy for people to follow the list and claim they've done everything and confidently point their yeah, fingers at I've, I've seen that. These are very political people in Silicon Valley. So my example, I was working at an enterprise company and there was this VP who was trying to sabotage the voluntary agile rollout enacted by our chief product officer. This VP did not allow any of his teams to take part in the rollout. Our CPO had to step in at some point and bluntly told the VP he could do whatever he wanted so long as he didn't undermine the other business units that wanted to go agile. As to my first story, it isn't political in nature, but rather it's more about complacency and not wanting to change the status quo. 
So in that story, the VP of Eng and the VP of Product and senior leads who had been there for years felt no need to change. It was what has been working and our customers did this same kind of work as well. And so there was no need for us to do Agile. However, the perception from the only team doing Agile was we're slow. We're going to be eaten by faster competition. What happens if there's a disruptor in the market? For me personally, I was bored because I would do my work and be done by noon because most of my time was spent on waiting on what I needed from the other five waterfall teams. I was like, can I go home early because I'm wasting my time here? Yeah, I have encountered VPs who like to say, we know what works and yeah. this won't work here. They definitely run into the complacent group like you have, JF. And even if they want to change, they adopt the philosophy of better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. I've also run into people who want to try different things. So they either become grassroots rebels or they leave the company either on their own or involuntarily. Now for my enthusiastic CEO, there seems to be three stages. In the beginning, the team were uncertain about Agile. And since the CEO was so enthusiastic, people felt they had to at least try, though some were reluctant. The marketing and sales folks were amazed at the change in the CEO. Now, as the Agile transformation went on, the team got the hang of Agile. They liked where Agile is taking them, especially when the executives were changing the way that they manage. However, it reached a point where the executives were required to change more than they could stomach, and they pulled the plug. At that point, engineering folks became upset, and a number of most valued engineers left the company. That was an exodus. I've seen that a lot, too. When the change is hard to stomach, then it only reaches up to a point in the organization. I encountered this, for example, with finance. Engineering was moving very fast and needed purchase orders approved but we were constantly delayed by the procurement process, which took three months. We tried to see if finance would be open to trying Agile and they vehemently said no, saying it was an engineering thing. For my second story, the reaction from the team was definitely more of resignation. We tried as best as we could trying to move forward while trying to understand the reasoning behind the decisions. However, there was a pervasive outlook that nothing's going to change. So there was a slow attrition over time and it was accelerated even more when senior execs kept moving people around playing resource Tetris based on what the board told them to do. I have encountered boards dictating how things are done as well, but it's exact opposite of your experience, JF. Remember the enthusiastic CEO? Well, a few months after the exodus, the board asked him what he had done and insisted mm. that he better fix it. So he came to me, asked for forgiveness, and if we could start over again. Unfortunately, he did the same thing when Agile hit something that he didn't want changed. Another round of exodus and eventually a new CEO was put in place by the board. Now for the third story, there were two reactions. In the beginning, people were reluctant because the executive vice president spent money on training and infrastructure like CI service. So people thought he was supportive of Agile and they had to do yeah. it. Over time, when the team did not see their executive VP and the CEO change, they still want a status the way they want it. They still manage by fear. They still motivate people with threats of potential firing. The teams became jaded and sarcastic. They realized that senior management didn't care about the workers, regardless of what they said about company value or culture. When HR sent out employee surveys, the team from various offices decided to make it a game and conspired on how to give the best answers without looking like they colluded. 
I've seen that too. I mean, it's that so long as I get what I want, I don't care how the team does it. I've definitely seen that kind of attitude. And you know, one really clear example of how this attitude deflates agile teams? What? When an exec utters, well, everyone will just have to work smarter. Oh. So that's our experience of resistance coming from senior management in the US. Next time, our friends in the UK will share their experience. Thank you so much for listening to our Agile Tales, where we share the various successes and trials we have encountered as we navigate corporate levels and political waters to transform the business to be adaptable to this forever changing world. Feel free to ping us on our agiletales.com. <laughs>